This week, we're talking tech with one of my favorite people to collaborate with, Lee Adkins with Amplified Solutions. Having Lee as a guest is pretty timely because as we are embarking on a fresh year, so many of us are kicking off our new business plans. And maybe some of us are thinking, shoot, I was supposed to do that business plan thing. Never fear, though, it's not too late to get it together and start the year off strong. Your 2020 vision for your business may include incorporating some new tech tools, refining the way that you use the ones you already have, or perhaps even revisiting plans you made this time last year and never quite got around to. But that's okay. That's the beauty of a new year. A fresh year means a great opportunity to hit that reset button and get ready for the year ahead. Of course, I'm so excited to welcome to the studio today my guest, Lee Adkins. Lee is the head of growth at Amplified Solutions, a coaching and consulting company focused on hiring and operations for real estate. He has served in leadership and committee roles at the local, state, and national associations, and he frequently teaches and speaks at various conferences around the country. You can visit AmplifiedSolutions.com to learn more and find free resources, tools, and a suggested reading list. Welcome, Lee. Hey, Mara. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited that you've agreed to be a guest. Absolutely. It's always always fun to have a conversation with you. And those who know us know that you and I have done a couple of projects together yeah. that yeah. we're pretty proud of. Yeah. So I would say most notably, Atlanta Realtors' Ari Bar Camp. Indeed. And of course, the Pièce de Résistance. Yes. The best, the best conference, conference ever. ever. <laughs> so I guess um, if people don't know us, they're going to find out pretty quickly that we know you? each other pretty Who well. Are you crazy people? <laughs> yeah, so we know each other pretty well, um, and we've had some very strange kind of life connections. Yeah, it's been wild. Some par a parallel journey, if you will. <laughs> so, but you're a realtor, and that's obviously why, why you're here today. Yes. But you're certainly not a realtor in the traditional sense. Yeah, so... Um, a little bit of, do you want me to go through some of my journey? I'd love to know here? kind of where you started how, and then how it's led you to yeah. the Amplified Solutions place cool. where you are today. Great. So yeah, so the short version is um, I dropped out of college to play in a rock band. Hey, uh, that's everyone's dream, right? I mean, and that's the time to do it, right? When you're 20 or 21. A lot um, of people just became very envious of you right now. <laughs> right, right. Well, we know how the story ends, so... It ends in real estate, right. so they should continue right. to be envious. Exactly. So, uh, But so I had a good run as a professional musician. Um, around 2006, I had decided I'd bought a house. Ultimately, really loved the process and enjoyed it and had always been interested in real estate. So in 2006, I got my license, acted as a team member slash solo agent for about six years, had a, had a good run, really enjoyed it, but realized that ultimately... Uh, more of management or operations was definitely kind of more of my thing. So I kind of stumbled into an opportunity, which is something I like to talk about because I think people having better conversations about their skills and their background can lead to additional opportunities that you might not have thought of if you don't have those conversations. Sure. So came into an opportunity to go full-time as operations for a team here in Atlanta, born out of having pretty good success with that, just started having other people around the country and other places that I knew say, hey, I need that, or how do I get that, or can I hire that person, or how does that work? Um, so very quickly grew into coaching and consulting with other people who were growing a team or a boutique brokerage or solo agents. And couple that with the fact that I was, you know, kind of in that nerdy, like, 
video games and computers, you know, early on in my life. So I was, you know, not a digital native like, you know, some of the younger guys now, but certainly familiar and not afraid to adopt new technology and try it out. Well, and I think that background comes into play a lot when you are either a realtor who has really latched on to the tech side of things and and you understand a lot of the tools that we're going to talk about here in just a minute, right. or when you're someone like you who has this passion for teaching the, the less tech savvy of right. us to be able to integrate those things into our business, build a business that way, build efficiency. Right. Yeah, and that's a great point because we're not looking to run an enterprise level thing here. We're talking about people who are great at face-to-face -face interaction, adopting some basic tools to really organize their business. But we're not talking about a massive investment or somebody custom building any of these crazy tools. We're just talking about taking what's out there, navigating through what's the best thing for that specific scenario. Right. And I'm glad that you brought that up because I want anyone who's listening to this podcast to understand that we are not necessarily talking just to the people who already understand all of this technology. We're talking to everyone from a solo agent up to a team leader or a buyer agent on a team or a broker, right. but also those who are just building their business, yeah. those who are veterans and maybe still continuing to build, and if every generation and age group. Yeah. Yeah. Something I say a lot um, because it's relevant is uh, you don't even need a good plan. You just need a plan, you right. know, quite frankly. Like I think if, if if people will make a decision on the tools they want to use, then they'll have something to measure down the road and see if they are the right tools. I think in our industry, a lot of people never get started because they're worried about not having this perfect plan. So it's always better if you just have a plan, try it, and then revisit that either once a year or whatever makes the most sense. Right. Absolutely. So getting into that, once again, you have an article in Georgia Realtor Magazine, and I love that you are a regular contributor because the articles that you write for the magazine are designed to help our realtor members mainly with their technology needs, which obviously is fitting. So let's talk about specifically your article this month in the Georgia Realtor Magazine, and then we're going to get into the awesome online tech guide that you have created to accompany it. So first and foremost, what are the main takeaways that you hope readers are going to get from your article before they even move on right. to exploring that resource guide. Yeah, yes. for sure. So I think, you know, the key points really in the article are just the idea of having some sort of either a policy or a budget or some way to drive what we're doing. I think a lot of people when they're, they're picking these tools, you know, they go to a conference and it's $29.95 and it's going to revolutionize their business, even though the person selling it to them doesn't even know their business. So just having some basic parameter around picking these things. So if you have a budget and you say, hey, I got $300 a month to spend on these tools, then that's at least one way to measure, hey, am I gonna, I'm gonna have to get rid of this if I'm gonna add this, and how does this fit into that? Also, the idea of having a policy, which is maybe, hey, I'm gonna discuss it with another team member, I'm gonna discuss it with a spouse or a friend in the industry, just some sort of thing to keep you from getting that phone call where they say, oh, you need this, and you just swipe your credit card. I think, unfortunately, we are, as realtors, we're really susceptible to the marketing phone calls that come in. So unless you just never answer your phone, right. which I'm also not suggesting <laughs> is a good idea, but if you just never answer your phone 
and you never go to conferences, then you're going to be immune to those sales pitches. Yeah. But because we do have diverse technology needs or the possibility of diverse right. technology needs, we are always a little susceptible, especially if you feel a little less confident in yeah. your ability to analyze these tools. Right. It, you do run into the situation where you walk into the trade show and it's, oh, it's only twenty nine ninety five right. and Walmart pricing, right? That right. sounds so much better than right. $30. You know, one of the ways I always look at that is you should ideally have some sort of tool that's kind of the brain of your system. Typically, it's a CRM, but it could be a website or just some sort of tool that is your definitive, this is, we use this. And so questions like, does that integrate with this CRM or does that work alongside this other tool? can make it real easy to make that decision. You know, for example, I, I definitely use in the team space, especially the follow-up boss CRM. And so when I make decisions all the time with people, I'd say, hey, you know, does that integrate with follow-up boss? And if they say no, then I'm like, great, we don't need it. Because that is the brain and that's what people use. So the last thing you need, especially if you're gonna grow a an organization, a team or a brokerage, you need tools that are gonna work together. You can't send agents to five different places to log into all these different different things. So I guess that's another way of kind of having a policy around making that decision. I like that a lot. It sounds like you're saying have that one piece of technology that you have fallen in love with, you have adopted it and implemented it, and it really, really works for you. And then let that kind of be your baseline. Right, right, for sure. It makes it makes every decision. It's almost like a mission statement. You balance every decision against that one thing. Does this fit with our Blank. <laughs> I love that. I love that it's it's a te technology mission statement, <laughs> right. um, but it really will help to keep you on track. Are there any other takeaways from the article itself that we need to talk about before we get into really the nitty gritty of the guide and getting yeah. into some of these tools? Yeah, one other quick thing, and that is I hope the guide is a good resource for this, but there's a few other websites. Uh, one of them is called Captera. It's C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A. And it is basically a site that's designed, there's a few others similar to it, but that's designed to help you compare software. So, and it's not real estate specific, so it could be any sort of software, but just the ability to compare either different CRMs or different project management tools from how much they cost to reading other people's reviews to viewing features in kind of more of an apples to apples way. Like this one has this, this one integrates with that, this one doesn't. So just a good way to look at that. And one other site that is real estate specific, um, it's called Agent Armory. And it is actually kind of similar to our tech guide and then it has a lot of different categories. And then it has more of the sites and tools that fit into each of those categories. So another good way to kind of just explore all the options or think about maybe other tools that you weren't aware of. Fantastic. And as an aside, we are going to put links to anything that we mention the article that Lee has written, as well as the tech guide and sites like Captera and Agent Armory, those will be in the links in the show notes, which you can find. And we'll give you that, that website at the end of the podcast. So what I really like about the articles that you've written for Georgia Realtor Magazine and what you've written on your website, in your blog, et cetera, is that for the reader, they're really easy to understand and digest no matter what level of tech savviness that person is coming from. And they read as if you... Lee Adkins are sitting right there having that conversation with the realtor, which I think is really helpful. You know, you also don't overwhelm the audience with a lot of tech mumbo jumbo and unnecessary information to kind of prove that you know yeah. what you're talking about. You really are just clear and to the point. And in my opinion, 
that's what makes them really helpful. And this time around, you've even included this handy dandy resource guide. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for that. And I, I do. It's, it's people need actionable advice that is also flexible enough for them to still figure out what they want to do within it. So it is. And you and I both have some teaching background back to our parallels. Sure. Um, and that's one of those things that you learn is that people need, you know, some simple takeaways without you mandating to them what to do. So yeah, the idea for the tech guide kind of came from that exact concept of, of, Hey, let's provide some kind of best practices or a short list of things to check out, knowing that most people in real estate anyway, are going to dig deeper once they get started. Absolutely. So once they dig in and find something that's interesting, they'll say, Oh, is there a website that does this? Or is there a CRM that has this other feature that now I realize that I need? So sometimes it is a journey. I wish we could just say, Hey, pick all these tools and then you'll be fine. Sometimes it's just a journey where you pick one and then you outgrow it and you have to pick another one. Right. And what I love is this guide is going to give some very specific guidance on some very actionable areas. Yes. So we picked the core areas that I think that most people need. It's not saying that everyone needs all of these tools, but you know, kind of the core areas of a, uh, a quote unquote, you know, day in the life of a, a realtor or a team or brokerage and really broken them down into uh, a link to the actual website. And we're trying very, very much in this article not to give any bias. I do have a few biases towards a few of these platforms that I personally use, but really trying to just give people some, some apples to apples options mention some pros and cons of each tool and then just any other notes that I may have from experience using it or using it while working with somebody. But just because there are always pros and cons, unless you're going to build the piece of software, there's always going to be some things that are better and some things that are what you want them to be, but that aren't there. Absolutely. And I love to use the example of we had a client once who built from the ground up, starting with an architect, a two and a half million dollar house. And you say to yourself, to me, that's, that's a huge price point right. in my mind. Right. So some people might be like, oh, that's pocket change. But to me, that's huge. And when I went to visit her and I said, is this perfect? Is this your dream house? And she said, you would think so. But now that it's done, I really wish the laundry room yeah. was configured differently. So even if you're building it yourself, let's yeah. be honest, there might still be things that you want to change down the road. Yeah. The areas that the guide is covering, at least initially, are websites, CRMs, transaction management, email marketing, social media, and then I love that there is a section for general business, organization, and apps because obviously some of these tools that we need don't fit into those little right. uh, perfect pigeonholes. Right, for sure. But first and foremost, and this obviously is a rhetorical question, is it possible to run your real estate business without any of these tools. Absolutely. So I think we really get lost in this conversation of like what CRM do you use and what website do you have and all those things. Whereas the reality of it is what, what we're trying to do here, the goal of all this is to have better conversations with people who are looking to buy and sell houses. So we, nobody got into real estate to have a CRM or to have a website. Like that's not why we're doing this, but leveraging these tools to have a better conversation or a conversation at the right time and just just manage and, and balance your past clients, your current transactions, any of those things, you know, really just to have a better a better life and a better business. We're not telling anyone who's listening to this podcast, if you don't have each of these categories covered, 
you're going to go out of business. It's similar to that really horrible social media class I took back in, I don't know, 2007 or 2008, where the instructor said, if you don't get on Twitter, you may not sell a house next year. <laughs> right. Right? right? So we're not saying... There's no mandate here. <laughs> exactly. But but I think the, the other side of that question is, you know, sure, you can run your business with none of these tools, but why would you want to? Yeah. Because they do add that level of efficiency. Right. And this is a recurring conversation that you and I have had countless times over the years. And I think it's obvious that you feel, and I agree, that having a tool or tools that covers each of these categories, or at least most of them, yeah. is pretty crucial. Yeah. What do you tell the agents who ask, why do I need these? Before we go there, I have one quick thing to add that, that made me think of is the idea that having a plan to not use one of these tools is also a plan. So that's fine, but don't not have a website because you didn't get around to it. If you say, well, having a website is not part of my strategy. I only follow up with past clients and Sphere. I don't need a website. Awesome. But that's different than just not getting a website because you didn't get around to it or you don't you don't feel like doing it or you don't know that you would have the expertise. It's still a strategy if right. you say, I'm going to be intentional and not right. have a website exactly. is what you're saying. And that, and that definitely happens. So, but I think, you know, ultimately the why really behind it is truly just to, to be better organized. And, you know, I tell the story, I ran into a past client one time and, and I honestly just couldn't remember their name. Uh, it was just totally out of context. I'm like, I know I know them. I know they bought a house with me, but we're standing here, you know, outside of this event. And who the heck is that? But I was able to just pull out my phone. And this was early in apps and all that and search. I don't know if it was the property address or like their kids. There was something that I remembered. Uh, and I was able to search that in my CRM. And I was like, oh, hey, Bob, great to see you. How's, you know. How's the house? Are you sure. still in Roswell? You know, to have it's just a smarter conversation. So whether it's past client marketing, whether it's throwing an event and being able to reach your actual past clients because they're organized somewhere, or whether it's that you want to have this crazy system where you can see when people are on your website saving properties, there should be some strategy behind that more than just hoping that you remember to follow up with people. Exactly. And for me, it's about efficiency and saving time, but mostly it's the organizational piece. If we have multiple transactions in various stages of the transaction process, plus we're nurturing leads and they're in various stages right. of getting ready to sell or getting ready to buy, especially if you're in a growth mode right. with your business. Right. That's where I feel, at least for me, for my purposes, that's where the tech helping hand comes in. But I also know there are exceptions and I was telling you before we hit record, I have a very good friend who's been in the business. He's entering his 20th year. He's been involved, you know, local, state, national, volunteer association involvement. He was just on the NAR leadership team, so his travel schedule was insane. He called me this week and said, I finally decided I'm going to pull the trigger get a website and a CRM and a transaction management tool in almost 20 years, I've never had one. So obviously there are these exceptions, right? right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and, and yeah, so there's, I think there's two big points there. One, it's definitely never too late to start with this. You exactly. Know? Um, and as you mentioned earlier, you know, the idea of, you know, a fresh new year or, you know, just something that you should revisit or have a strategy around this is the time to look at it. And if, you know, if your CRM starts out with a spreadsheet or a piece of paper where you write down all your people on it, 
that's fine. You know, we're not necessarily advocating for you to go out and buy all the things and try to link them up and make all that happen. We're just talking about the idea of having some sort of system to power your business. And one other point that I think, you know, not to be missed by a solo agent or maybe somebody who's a little bit later in their career is the idea that if you have this stuff organized, it then becomes a saleable piece of your business. So if you did want to get out of the business and right. still get referrals, there are tons of people out there that would love to buy your book of business and still pay you a referral fee, even if you're not putting people in your car. So this isn't so much about that we have to have this system even to operate our business. It may be you know, to, to leave a legacy or to have a saleable business when you're, when you're done. I know of very few agents who truly have the time to test every CRM, research every website option. I know in my early stages of being a solo agent, I jumped from CRM to CRM because being the you know tech nerd that I was, I really wanted to get a handle on, on what I was choosing from, but there are so many. And I noticed that you put in some really heavy research hours into this resource guide, even including pros and cons, which will take a lot of the guesswork out, yeah. especially for agents who are just embarking on this right. journey of adding these things to their businesses. So tell us a little bit more about the format of this guide. Yeah, so the goal really, again, was to kind of give best I could a little bit of a, as much of an apples to apples comparison as we as we could. You know, a lot of these tools are very different. A lot of the CRMs also have some transaction management. Sometimes that transaction management is good. Sometimes it's not. Some of them say, hey, we only focus on people and not transactions. So really wanted to at least give some bullet points and frankly, make it easy for people to click and go to the site themselves and dig in more if that's really their thing. I did my best to, to try to throw out even a little bit of, hey, this is great for teams or this is great for a solo agent. Again, with the caveat that your business really determines what are the best tools for you, it's very hard for me. You know, frequently if I speak at an event or something, people say, just tell me what to do. And I'm like, what? What are you trying to do? So what are you trying to accomplish? Right. Are you going to be a big team? Is it just you? Are you going to have an assistant? So, but I, I, I tried very much to give, you know, here's some other things to think about. Like, this is great but it doesn't do this. You know, like for example, there's some of these things are what we call all-in-ones where it is a website with a CRM, with some marketing kind of baked into it. And that can be great, but that should be listed in the pros and cons that, hey, the pro of that is that it's all in one place. The con of that is that they may not be good at all of those things. They may be, you know, jack of all trades, master right. of none type of thing where it's like, yeah, it does all this. But, but does it do it well? Right, and so for me, personally, because I'm a little bit nerdy about that, I like tools that all integrate together. So my personal bias is to find the best of each thing and try to make them work together. Sure. Some people say, hey, I just want one payment to one thing with one login, and then an all-in-one might be best for you. So I tried to address that in the notes, whether it's pros and cons or just some notes that say, hey, this is great for somebody that wants one login. I love that, and I feel like that's a question that you and I have gotten separately together, yeah. whether it's at best conference ever or at a panel at right. our local association, what's the best one for this? Or we see right. this question all the time in Facebook groups, what's the best CRM? Right. And there really isn't a one size fits yeah. all. But what I love about this guide is it really takes the question of what's best and lets 
the reader see, well, what's going to be best for yeah. me? Yeah. So let's have a scenario. So here we are. We're starting the new year, right? Here we are, second month of the year. Yeah. Not too late to kick that new plan into place. Right. I've got your article and your, the guide in front of me. How do I get started? Because if I'm an agent with none of these tools in place and I'm yeah. totally starting from square one, this seems a little overwhelming. Yeah. So where do I start? How do I choose which type of tool I need to implement first? And then how do I prioritize from there? You know, it's ultimately it's a CRM. I will back up from that a minute and say that if you're not using either a, a G Suite or a Google type account for your email or even an Outlook 365 or something like that is kind of the brain of your communications, at least with clients, I would personally start with that. So if I were starting over tomorrow and I had nothing, personally, I would start with G Suite, which is the paid Google so you can use your own domain. Right. So you could say, you know, my name at mycompany.com. Um, but as part of that, there's Google Drive, there's Google Sheets, there's all these other things that all work together. And especially if you're building a team, it's much easier to control and or share calendars, documents, things like that. So, so true first step to me is figure out your email and your, your domain and all those sort of things. Beyond that, a CRM is always going to be the brain of managing your people. We're in the people business. It's a service business. You got to manage your people first. And we haven't defined this, and I'm, I'm looking at 20, 30 minutes into this episode. We haven't defined CRM. So if someone is really scratching their head and they're saying, you keep saying right. these letters, you keep mentioning <laughs> this, this thing. So the CRM is the Rolodex of the 1990s and beyond. So it stands for Customer Relationship Management or Client Relationship Management. There's a couple of different iterations, but ultimately it's about managing the people that you interact with. And to that point, I think something else that people sometimes maybe don't do with the CRM, using it to manage a vendor list, using it to manage people that you may want to recruit to your business. I mean, it, this isn't just a client thing necessarily. It's know. really your database. Right. Right. It's your database, plain and simple. So, so it's the Rolodex for the new millennium. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and and what, I, what I love about the best ones is they, as you mentioned earlier, when you ran into the client and you couldn't remember their name, the best ones are available in the palm of your hand yeah. at the, the click of a, a button yeah. via an app so that no matter where you are, unless you truly are somewhere with no signal, no Wi-Fi, no phone, no nothing. Right. You've got it at your fingertips all yeah, the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, the ease of, of using it. I mean, a lot of the ones, especially the real estate ones, are pretty easy. Certainly, I wouldn't recommend, even to the nerdy techie people, to go to a heavier, like a Salesforce or Infusionsoft or anything like that. Sticking to really the ones that we mentioned in the guide. Or even something to, to mention super quick is uh, even if it's a brokerage-provided CRM or brokerage-provided website, if it's free... And it's something that you can at least export from eventually. That's a great place to start. I mean, I, you know, it, it, it for some people it makes sense for them to own their own tools. But if you're at a company that provides some of these tools for you and you're not using a CRM, then I, starting with that is is still a great place to start. But starting somewhere. Yes. So let's look at a different scenario though. Let's say I have a few of these tools in place and. Maybe I'm happy with them, maybe I'm not, maybe maybe I don't know if I'm happy with yeah. them, but I have to start to 
make some decisions now. How do I start to evaluate what I have, what to keep, what to replace, what to add to my arsenal? Because I feel that we're going to have people in both camps, right? right? The square right. one people and yeah. then the people who say, oh, shoot, now there's this guide with all these new options. Right, right. Yeah, so a couple of things with that. I think one of the biggest ones is that I, I always use the analogy of a boat. So if you are, if you have a very small team or if it's just you and it's a really small boat, it's really easy to stop or turn, do whatever very quickly. It's like a jet ski, I guess. So, if, but, if, <laughs> but if you are a bigger team or there's five or 10 or a hundred other people involved, it's a much bigger thing. You can't make quick, you can't go, oh, we have a new CRM today. So there's a couple of things I recommend in the group scenario. One is, well, I guess for anybody, almost all of these have some sort of free trial. So just the idea of doing a free trial, you don't have to go all in with it. You don't have to import your entire database into this to kind of try it out. And then similarly, if you're in a group setting, whether that's a team or a brokerage, you might pick some of your more tech savvy people or some of your younger digital native people and let them try, try out the tool. They'll respect you for asking for their opinion. But it's sort also, of a beta testing. Right. So a way you can test it out with a couple people, get some feedback before you go, hey, great news. We have this new tool and you have to go, go figure it out. There's one thing we know is that realtors are not always fans of change. And so, you know, just adopting things slowly can be a really good way, you know, to do that. And and when we talked earlier about the the initial breakdown of the guide into these different categories. Is it possible that some of these do more than one thing? And I know you mentioned it, you mentioned it very briefly, but for me, for example, I love that my CRM is also my transaction manager. Yes. Yeah. And I use Realvolve. I'm a big fan of it. I, as I said earlier, I tried so many out on a trial basis right. or a short-term basis. Yeah. And I just kept finding that I was either paying more than I wanted to pay for a bunch of stuff I didn't need yeah. or what I was trying out just didn't really have what I yeah. what I wanted. So, what are some of the tools that are in the in your guide that maybe do double double duty or triple yeah. duty? What would be some of those if an agent really says, "I don't necessarily want an all-in-one, right. but I definitely want some that do a little bit more than just right. one thing." Right. Yeah. So, specifically from the CRM perspective, Realvolve and Follow Up Boss both have a bit of a deals and a pipeline type of scenario in them. The follow-up boss one is definitely more ancillary, meaning that it's not, it's certainly not designed to manage the transaction. It's more pipeline, like, hey, we've got this under contract. Realvolve is specifically very good at what they call workflows. And those workflows can be any series of anything, whether it's a closing process, a post-closing process, a lead follow-up process. But Realvolve does, does a good job, I think, managing the actual transaction and also being a CRM that's pretty easy for agents to adopt. And totally customizable is what right. I love because right. I think one thing we do need to mention here is that a lot of these tools are going to come with pre-existing checklists yes. or workflows and those are going to come with pre-existing communication as in pre-written emails. Yes. And I think we need to talk a little bit about, that's great that they come as an example, yeah. but we really shouldn't be using those because right. they need to be in our voice. Right. 
Yeah, absolutely. A agreed. Although the only argument I would make for that is that could potentially be a phase two type of thing for people because a lot of people will not have the luxury of, of really digging into that as they start. But I totally agree in that even if it's just as simple as changing some of the wording or adding a link to your own website, you know, if you're doing sure. things through a blog post or something like that. And um, I think it's important to mention that because these companies are nationwide, right. and if they're coming with pre-existing, right. they may not use the right. verbiage and the terminology right. that's specific to your state right. or your transaction. Right, we've got non-disclosure states, we've got attorney review states, we've got all kinds of different things. So yeah, that's a great point. In being generic, the consumer more than ever is aware of auto responses and canned content. And suspicious of generic content. Yeah, so right. we just need to be really careful that, yes, can it be a phase two? Right. Going in and revising all of those pre-existing emails? Absolutely. But it has to be part of your plan. Right. Absolutely. No, I, I, I definitely, definitely agree with that. And yeah, because they do come with a lot of content, it isn't as hard as one might think to go in and make a couple of quick edits. What's the single most important tech tool that an agent should have, even if it means forsaking all the others? Yeah, I mean, I have to, not to beat the dead horse, but it has to be the CRM. The CRM has got to be the core of, of everything that you do, the brain of your business. So the homework assignment for today is... Yes. For anyone listening... Start a free trial on a CRM. That's right. Go to the guide, check out the CRMs that are listed, talk to your broker, talk to agent friends... Do some some online tutorials, yeah. but find one that works for you. And if you're using one, great. But if you have one that you're not using, yeah. that's a pretty good indicator as well to move on. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely agree with that. And I'm glad you mentioned the idea of talking more to other people about it. Because I don't think we don't, we don't do that enough. You know, we kind of live in our silo, especially when we're talking to people that are in our same market. So... Putting you on the spot for a minute, but because you've already mentioned some of your favorites, I know you work heavily with Follow Up Boss. I know you also have a great experience and relationship with Realvolve, yes. for example. Do you have any other really standout favorites on the list that when people go to the tech guide, they should absolutely be picking up on these particular tools that they should be checking out? Yeah, that is a good question. I mean, I I do uh, in the sense that I'll tell you what I personally recommend for teams. I work a lot more with people in the group type environment. Quite frankly, these are all totally applicable to the solo agent. They might just be things that are a little more geared towards teams. So if you are a solo agent looking to grow a team, these tools would also be, be super relevant. So yeah, like you mentioned, Follow Up Boss or Realvolve as um, you know the CRM and a bit of the other workflow or Follow Up or any of those sort of things. You know, personally, I've done a lot of work with Playster and Sierra Interactive as sites, which both integrate with. I believe they also. I think they integrate with Realvolve, but they definitely work together with that. Uh, from an email management, well, I use G Suite for email management platform, but also Mailchimp which is more of a graphical HTML-style email. BombBomb is a great email platform if you're going to be doing video. But I have to say it, if you're not currently shooting video, don't buy BombBomb and think it's going to make you do videos. That is such a good point because video is such a, 
a buzzy word and it has been for several years. It's not that it's new on the real estate scene, but I know so many agents who say, I signed up for BombBomb, but I'm still not making videos. So if you don't have it in your plan to be doing that, it's not going to force your hand. It's just going to be that money that you're spending every month that you're not getting any return on. Right, exactly. So, So yeah, and those are definitely the main tools from a social media perspective. I use Buffer personally to schedule posts. And I think we're going to go a little bit deeper on this, but um, I definitely want to get into scheduling versus like... That's a great... Set it and forget it type of stuff. So I do want to spend a minute on the social media piece because even though this is a little bit off topic, I think think you know why I'm asking. When we think of efficiency and adding new tools, improving our social media presence... The question that comes up consistently is, what's the best option for me to automate or have someone else manage my social profiles for me? What do you say to that? I have a one-word answer, don't. Don't. Okay, do so not do it. expand on that a little bit for me. So the whole point, let's put the social back in social media. I mean, the whole point of doing this is to, uh, to actually engage with people. So you automating your listing being posted on you know, one of the social channels or automating, you know, a piece of content that 50 other agents from your same market. And now Facebook and Instagram doesn't do it, but Facebook and Twitter will both aggregate. It's probably not the right word, but you'll actually see in your feed where multiple people have shared the same thing. Right. And so it's, it's literally worse than not posting. Well, and I think it comes from this fundamental misunderstanding about social media in general and what it means to engage with people, making sure that your posts are from you and they sound like you in your voice. Nothing feels less authentic than seeing the same messaging word for word on two different agents' Facebook pages. You know, it's kind of like I compare it to receiving the same recruiting email or the same email newsletter from two different brokers or agents. And you think to yourself, it's, it's a little funny, but it also, it's a huge red flag to consumers who are suspicious of this kind of thing. Right, right. Yeah, I, w- I would definitely agree. And, you know, again, there are nuances in your business that matter. You know, you can't, posting content, you know, for example, for us in Atlanta, even just about Atlanta isn't going to be that relevant. If you work in the north suburbs and you're posting via a generic service or, or some other way of just posting random articles about developments in town that's not relevant to your people and it's not positioning you as an actual expert it's just positioning you as regurgitating stuff exactly you know? hyper local yeah. i mean that's been that's been such a buzzword right. for years but it really it really comes down to is it authentically in your voice and and maybe posting about those developments in town yeah. has an impact on something in your market right. in the northern suburbs for example but you've got to make that connection yeah absolutely and that's another great point to to definitely go a little bit deeper on is the actual content and the wording of what you're saying so not to mention that but having some sort of clear call to action i it, it's really funny to me how many people will post a new listing and it just says like look at my new listing and right. so that, okay, I looked at it. Like I, I did exactly I, what you told me I to do. I clicked like, wow, you know, but, you know, using an actual call to action, like tag a friend or direct message me if you'd like to see it or learn more, 
you know, more than ever in the noisy social media world, you have to be very specific about what you want, sure. you know? So asking for the business or asking for, you know, click to see more pictures. I mean, it doesn't have to be this grandiose thing, um, but just giving people some clear direction, which also shows them that something's relevant or shows them why they should click and read more of the article instead of just like, oh, great, they posted another article. And I think it's it's coming back to that misunderstanding about social media. If you're not posting in order to engage, it's actually better yeah. not to post. Right. But while we're on this topic, let's talk about the difference between two important words, scheduling your social media posts and automating them. Yes. Because scheduling is what we're aiming for, right? Yes. Yeah. The scheduling, in my opinion, especially for actively selling real estate agents, is almost mandatory. I mean, in order to, to send out consistent content, you've just got to do it. There's never going to be, and the great thing is you can supplement with things you see live. You know, if you're doing out doing something that's interesting and you want to post it, that's great, but don't not have other posts happening because you didn't get around to it. You know, right. setting aside some time on a Monday or a weekend or whatever that is to tee up three or four posts. We're not talking about you writing Months in 75 blog posts. We're talking about once a week, picking a decent image or sharing a, a, an interesting article about, you know, mortgage rates or something local that's relevant. interesting, relevant, yes. you know, not, not national real estate news. It just goes a long way. But I think the difference, in my opinion, between conceptually scheduling and automating, if you're scheduling it, hopefully you're realizing you still need to engage with the people that actually like and comment on the post. Right. You know, versus I, I feel like the word automate just predisposes people to the idea that it's just magically happening. It's a set it and forget it. And their phone's just going to ring and then they're going to go sell a house. Right. And it just doesn't work that way. But I think it all comes back to a point that you've made a number of times today, which is having a plan. Back 10 years ago, we had to create all this content because it didn't exist. So we had to write a blog post about this, that, or the other. Now, there's nothing wrong with sharing you know, other pre-written content. Two quick caveats to that. Number one, make sure it's not gated, meaning that they have to have a subscription or something to be able to read it. And two, please, dear goodness, do not send them to another real estate website of any type, whether it's one of the portals or a brokerage site. You know, That is... Hopefully this brings it full circle and it's not a distraction. That's where owning your own site is a much more relevant thing because you can send people more to your site than sending them out to, say, a website where another realtor is the ad paying for an advertisement right. in the sidebar. So just being intentional about where you're sending people. Well, and owning your site and sending them back there means that you have a hub. It's okay to send them to a site like Curbed right. or an article in the New York Times right. or the Washington Post every once in a while. Right. But ultimately, your goal should be to continually have your website be the place that people go right. for that type of content. Definitely. And I would add a third caveat to the make sure it's not gated, make sure that it's not sending them to somewhere you don't want them to go. Make sure that it, even if it is your own content on your own site, if it's a post you've used before, make sure it's not dated. Make right. sure you're moving those dates right. that might make someone think, oh, this was only relevant three right. years ago. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I think, and some platforms will allow you to not have a date. We've shifted to that too, even though I do update them periodically. But uh, yeah, I think it's important that you're not sending something that something says 2015 because things were a little bit different in 2015. 
So last big question, what's one place in our businesses that you feel agents are scrimping a little too much, being a little too stingy? In other words, where do you see a void or a gap that we should be investing our time, energy, and money, but consistently, time and again, you're seeing that we're not, and you consider it a huge oversight? I think everything traditional marketing-wise is totally where it's at. Making phone calls, mailing consistently if that's your thing. Email marketing is by no means dead. Highly, highly recommend email marketing. But I think more than ever, it's important to have the right segments, which is why it's important to have a database. You don't want to send the same content to a lead that just inquired on your website that you're sending to a past client. So having some means of segmenting that you're sending interesting and relevant information to the right people. And then again, picking up the phone, call, you know, calling the people that actually opened the email and just saying, hey, I was just thinking about you, how you're doing. And they'll say, oh, I was just thinking about you. I'm like, I know, because you, you just opened my email. I was digitally spying on you. <laughs> was, you know, a little creepy, but it's, it's the way of the world now, I think, a little bit. But yeah, ultimately, I think all things that are traditional there's a reason they're called traditional and that's that they're pretty timeless and, and a lot of them still work. So, you know, again, none of us are getting in this business to manage all this stuff. We should be using it to tee up better conversations with people. I love that. I love that so much. So switching gears a little bit, there's a question that I want to ask all of our guests at the end of the podcast. So of course I want to ask you too, and it's real estate related. I want you to think about and describe your dream house. So it can be anywhere in the world, any kind of house, if money and job and travel were no object of no concern, what would it look like? Where would it be? Describe what dream house means to you. Yeah, that's great. So I was actually asked this question, not a, a, a similar version of this question not too long ago. And it's a funny caveat because I grew up near the beach and I love the beach, but lately I've been more of a mountain hiking, get away from people. So I would think if there's a, a, a place on the planet that has both of those, where I can look out my front, my front porch and see the beach, and step out the back and hike on a mountain, that would be the one. I think as far as the actual structure, I'm pretty simple. I like, uh, it doesn't need to be ornate, just somewhere to feel, uh, feel cozy and, and have my dual view, I think would be, uh, would be amazing. Just somewhere to, 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 put the feet up and uh, read a book or watch a movie or, or uh, enjoy the company of other people, you know, just somewhere to, to also physically be at ease. You know, this is a tough business. We all need to take care of ourselves. We do. We do all need to put our feet up and, yeah. and read a book every once yeah. in a while. <laughs> well, Lee, I want to thank you so much for being a guest today. As you may know, you are only going to be the second guest on the second episode. Awesome. And so I appreciate you taking the time to come out and chat with me. Basically, I I kind of feel like this is all of our other chats. Like yeah. we're sitting at a Starbucks, except this <laughs> right. time we're letting people eavesdrop right. letting on other us. people hang out with us and enjoying um, the conversation. Which doesn't happen very often. <laughs> right. Usually it's just you and I, right. you know, plotting to take over the take real over estate the world. world. That's right. That's but right. Thank you again so much. It has been so much fun. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. You can find the link to Lee's article as well as links to the tech guide and all our episodes in our show notes by visiting garealcast.com. And as always, please like and subscribe to this podcast. Apparently, it not only boosts our ratings, but also helps others to find us. Have a great one.